and boom goes the dynamite. And boom goes the dynamite. Echo, 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 and boom goes the dynamite. a special edition of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight, live from New Orleans, it's Paul Sebastian. Paul, how are you, my friend? They call me Big Easy, and it's not just because of where I choose to vacation, Jeffrey. Oh! Oh! <laughs> That's right. We are here for blood, guts, crawfish, oysters, uh, this delicious bullet bourbon and lemonade that I have in my hands right now. I got to tell you, it's a nice, heavy pour. You love the bartenders in this fair city. Jeff, how are you up north? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing, I, I did a good thing for work today. I, I helped out at a vaccination fair. You know, that is make- wonderful. I was. Uh, uh, I have not been productive in days. I've done nothing positive to contribute to society besides uh, uh, lower the oyster population of the planet. Is that really a positive thing, though? Uh, we're going to find out when I go get more oysters right after this. <laughs> so uh, I, I know for a fact that you did not see uh, Dark Elevation or Dark this week uh but i bit or anything i've been so again i have been very lazy i have not been watching wrestling i've barely been engaging online i've mostly been eating and uh well you you you, you said you had a little bit of an incident yourself well so yeah i didn't need to watch wrestling um i did uh, uh i got worked into a shoot um on the uh day after i arrived here on tuesday uh I was uh, a, a gentleman having a rough day attempted to mug me on Canal Street out here. Uh, I did fight it off. I was not injured. Everybody was safe. Uh, he had a, a real rough day afterwards, it seemed. It was a whole mess. It was like a uh, guy was clearly uh, uh, either on something or just kind of losing his mind that day. He was following me, being threatening. And uh, eventually it spilled into the, the local crystal uh, on Bourbon and Canal Street where I was able to fight the guy off. Uh, but uh, really fun start to a vacation, Jeff, I got to tell you. Uh, but it had me hyped up for blood and guts afterwards. Oh, Jesus. If I you want, I mean, you a great pregame right there. Talk uh, about some dark elevation. Ooh, uh, some dark times ahead, I guess. Uh, yeah, the, actually, yesterday, as I was, I, I was retrieving a sandwich uh, from a local eatery, and uh, this guy crossed, crossed the street, um, on my side of the street, and he was... Ranting and raving about about putos and and, and other things, uh, you know. I, I kind of you know, as you do, you just kind of glance over, and he yes. goes, and he goes, "The fuck you looking at?" Uh, starting shit. And he, so he's, I just kept walking, and then like at the place where I got my sandwich, there was a guy out there, and he had his dog there. Well, the dog started barking at, at him, and he's like, "Fuck you," you know. <laughs> Man, oh. he was just really. 
going for it. He would have got along with uh, with my attempted uh, mugger out here. Uh, they should have they should have hooked up. We should have brought them together. They could have done a podcast. They could they could have <laughs> a podcast about fucking with us. That's right. They could have. <laughs> we should get him in the studio and do a collaboration. I'll have to uh, contact NOPD and see if they still got him. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what. So the best part. I did not finish the story. The best part of the whole thing was after he ran off outside of the uh, the crystal, there were already a bunch of cops around. It was a very public ordeal. I definitely didn't call them, but somebody did. Um, he uh, tried to jump on the back of one of the local like trolley streetcars on Canal Street and just like hang off the back and make his daring escape. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I respect. I mean, it was pretty funny. <laughs> God, uh, he gave it a shot. He was he was promptly yanked off the thing, but it was. I mean, he tried it, man. Ooh, it buddy. was bra- brazen, if nothing else. Ooh, buddy. Well, that was uh, yeah, that was a uh, that that was a fun week uh, that you had, I guess, brother. It was not a work, brother. It was indeed a shoot. It was indeed a shoot. And on that note, let's go to our special blood and guts edition of aew dynamite your host jim ross tony shivani and excalibur um first we have to say that the announcement that came through on wednesday that uh that double or nothing they are planning to make it full attendance yeah uh oh this is uh, something we talked about podcast before jeff because uh we, we had talked when ufc ran their first capacity crowd in jacksonville as well uh, that this would probably be a likely outcome now that somebody else has done it first. Uh, so I kind of saw it coming. Uh, but yeah, it's official. A uh, 5,500 crowd uh, at, at Daly's Place. Uh, you know, it is an outdoor venue. 5,500 isn't the largest crowd. And, and, you know, folks are getting vaccinated. I still do probably think this is too early to do it. Um, we're probably jumping the gun. But again, because someone else has already done it first, what is what are you going to do? Um, I, I, I think it's way too. I, I think it is way too early to be doing this. Yeah, I think it definitely affects my decision to attend. It was something I was considering if it was still going to be limited attendance. Uh, but at a full crowd, I just don't feel it yet. And, like, I'm vaxxed up. I'm good to go. It's just something still doesn't feel right about doing it. No, no, no I'm with you. No, I, I would not be doing it myself. And, and for that, so if you make that go, oh, that's that's your choice. You know, stay safe. Still wear your mask. Still all, do all that shit. Uh, you know, don't sing Judas too loudly and, uh, and spray droplets. But, uh, you know, have fun. Be safe. But, you know, the, the fact that that came on the same day that the announcement of uh, two New Japan wrestlers testing positive after nearly a year of an uncompromised bubble. Um, yeah, and then, you know, the, the quick uh, uh, following cancellation of some upcoming NJPW events. And it does show you, uh, you know, the difference in reaction and how these things are getting handled, uh, you know, across the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, uh, um, now... It, really I, just going anywhere anywhere near taking the extra precautionary measures that other countries are taking and it's just really case in point there yeah now mind you uh, to, to be fair a lot of probably what went into that decision too was the fact that they just extended the state of emergency in right and, and expanded it too but yeah i think the 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 confluence of those two yeah there yeah there's no way that they can run those baseball stadium shows right now just none at yeah, all, so, especially when there may be an there may be an outbreak in in the in, in the uh, in the New Japan locker room. So yeah, so I guess we'll we'll see that as it develops. Definitely follow Jeff at Strong Style Story for more on that. He is yeah. the man with all the answers. Yeah, my, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, most of my yeah, you can follow my blog uh, Strong Style Story on Tumblr.com. That's where I do a lot Woo! of. Uh, I've done like you know I, I 
uh, a bit every day this week, and most of it has been about COVID-19, so... <laughs> well, let's talk about wrestling. Let's talk about but... wrestling. Let's go into our first match of the evening in which uh, Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa, the legend, according to Don Callis, um, you know, the, the, you know, where he, he, he invokes, you know, Antonio Noki, giant Baba. And then Michael Nakazawa, it's like, yeah, I can't think of anybody Come more on. current. Can you, <laughs> you know, Nazi, it checks out, uh, Going up against uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, at first they tried to tease that you know Omega wasn't going to be part of this match, but then you know Omega was waiting in the crowd for Mox and Eddie to you know doing their crowd doing their crowd walk. Um, I thought this was a decent TV match. I think that's probably a great descriptor for it. It seemed pacing seemed to be a little bit of an issue at times. I think, and I think that's going to be a theme we're going to see in some of the non blood and guts matches on here. I don't know if it was the heat or kind of what was going on there, but it seemed like there was some, uh, things seemed like maybe half a step slow and a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and some and, of that was, was, uh, Kingston sold everything great. And I think King was a guy who anchored this match. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing yeah, is, is that th this was a pre-tape match. Like all of, pardon me, sorry. All of the, the events in the first hour were pre-taped. It seems so. Wait, so. They pre-taped it at a different, time of the day in the two ring set is that how it worked or i guess they were live i had figured that they abandoned that whole pre-tape thing and just did the show did the thing live well maybe they did i was under the impression it was uh because they had the cage that right, uh, that could be but then you know they did you know uh fill a lot of time between matches with the cage lowering and stuff by doing a couple of interview segments which we'll get to but yeah this match was fine. It's, you know, telling the story, getting us, you know, further along in the, in the Mox and King versus the, the, the good bros and the elite and all these other goons. Yeah, I guess the, the, the super elite, as they call themselves now. Uh, John Moxley does get the win with a uh, does get the win with a Death Rider on uh, Michael Nakazawa. And then, I like, uh, that, uh, I like that, uh, that, that half and half suplex clothesline they did at the end of that match, too. That was a really good spot. That was good. And then, uh, of course, you know, the rest of the super elite attack uh, Mox and Eddie. So. Yeah, and one more, Jim Ross actually was very funny on commentary. And one of his first, uh, first things that kind of made me crack up a little bit was when he, uh, when Excalibur said, uh, you know, the half and half is set up and uh, JR goes, it's the Arnold Palmer of finishing moves. Oh, I, I did hear that one. That was, uh, yeah, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Uh, he, had, he had a couple throughout the night. He was pretty funny on this one. Uh, we then actually, when we come back from break, we go right into the second match of the evening. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall. I don't know why they're blowing this feud off now, but... Um, Good. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I don't this is so, a feud right? I, I don't care about. Yeah, this is a feud I don't care about. And the fact that there were still some, <clears throat> excuse me, some blunders. Well, if this was pre-taped, then they kept a lot of blunders in it because... Well, I you, Cody, Cody wasn't going to like have, you know, a, a blood and guts night where a Rhodes doesn't bleed. Yeah, so he, he, made, yeah, he was going to bleed no matter what. He, he was going to oh, bleed, I'm, damn it. On a show like this, someone named Rhodes is going to bleed. Like, there's just no way around it. Uh, so he fulfilled his his blood quota. The match was fine. Uh, you know, again, QT's a, a serviceable enough wrestler. I just don't care enough about the character. This feud was specifically made to get to what we got to at the end of this match. So, you know, moving forward and, and, you know, vaulting forward another guy who they expect to be a higher profile star on their show. And so now we're getting to that part, and it's very exciting. So, um, yeah, so Anthony Agogo, like of course. I really like 
uh, he uh, he's an exciting uh, uh, prospect for AEW. That guy's coming from the boxing world, transitioning over to wrestling. If you can translate their move sets and their skill sets properly, uh, you can have some really good matches with guys like a go-go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we then get a promo with uh, All Ego Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Uh, the promo itself I thought was really good, and then Darby Allen attacks. Yes, and uh, another theme of this show, uh, the mic work on this one was very good. Uh, all the promo segments I thought were, were, were quite good. Uh, everyone was really pulling their weight on a show that really needed it because you had those long gaps between matches and you had the one you know main storyline match, that one big blow-off. Having these interview segments go well, uh, key to keeping your audience engaged. And, you know, when we find out about the ratings, uh, that definitely shown through. But, yeah, I was never – we talked about this, like, I don't really get why Sky and Paige are, like, together. But this was just a really great segment. They both were great on the mic, and Darby's attack was awesome. Like, it really – the camera work was great. This whole thing really went together very well. Right, and the the, the attack was great. And, of course, which I'll, I'll just set, set up, you know, throwing Darby Allen down concrete sca- stairs. Excuse me. Ooh. Uh, which, uh, yeah, that, yeah, hang on to that thought because that's going to come up here again shortly. Uh, I really like the the shot of Scorpio just running full sprint towards Darby and hitting him with a trash can. Like the way they they had that long shot from the other side, it looked great. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, that was a great segment. Yeah. Really good. Whoever was, uh, was holding that camera for that specific segment, like the way they, they moved around really well and just got some really great angles. It looked awesome. Our third match of the evening, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, with uh, with Rebel Reba. Um, in, in a very quick squash of Julie Hart. Welcome to AEW, Julie Hart. Thanks for coming out. See you on Elevation. Yeah, um, there, there's no way, is it? No, that's just, no, no they, and that was another, another little JR one-liner. Julie Hart, not from Calgary. Oh, okay. Goo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, you know, it, it's like, it's just one of those things, you know, you see the name and you just think, hmm. So, anyway, yeah, this was a, this is a complete demolition, nothing to, there's not much to say. <laughs> there's one thing I'll say and we can move on. Britt Baker is a fucking star. Star. Yeah, she is. She she really has, as we've said numerous times, she really has redeemed herself from the early parts of AEW Dynamite where it just was not working. There was, yeah, well, they were still trying to figure out her voice and her character. One of the, I remember one of the first things we talked about when we were doing this podcast together was Britt Baker growing as a television wrestler specifically. Right. And we have seen that growth really come to what it is. It's just awesome. Yeah, so uh, we then get a, uh, a tape vignette of uh, Taz analyzing Christian Cage. I'm sure he wasn't biased in, in the least here. Just a little bit, a little, a little tongue-in-cheek sports science here from Taz, uh, but still doing the thing where you, you know, recognize the man's talent and how good he is, but also that he's not quite good enough to stop Team Taz, brother. Uh, we then get our fourth match of the evening, the uh, the four-way uh, number one contendership match uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, and which is uh, your uh, your beautiful baby boy and his idiot cousin mm. versus. Uh, Versus Jurassic Express versus uh, the Addiction SCU and uh, versus the Acclaimed and oh my God, Caster really crushed this one. <laughs> Caster crushed this. Look, man, this Max Caster shit's working. He is such a shithead, and it, I love it. 
Yeah, it, really it, it was. Yeah, that the 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 young cucks and the uh, the dark side of the ring jab. The dark side of the ring line for Pillman was very good. On yeah, big week for Brian Jr. Uh, his father's dark side of the ring special aired last week. He was wearing a pair of his dad's trunks. If you noticed that, I did. Um, so, uh, very cool for him. And yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you know, Brian Pillman's story being out there, I think, is important. He was such an incredible talent uh, and such an interesting guy that you know another wrestling fans getting to know about him and in turn it's going to raise brian jr's profile and like look brian jr is who he is but the dude can wrestle he's all right yeah i mean he he can wrestle he's so. and he's like what 25 26 he's got plenty of time something like that yeah uh, yeah um, but no the that that was great and and caster even you know making sure he threw in yeah yeah i said it but yeah this was uh yeah <laughs> that was good um so i overall this was an okay scramble match i thought yeah yeah, um, it was it was fine, and we I mean the conclusion was kind of foregone. But Pillman got a lot of really good near falls in, um, made it really interesting. Uh, I thought Jungle Boy looked really good because he always does. But and, yeah, uh, but yeah, this was leading. This is all leading to you know the Young Bucks versus the Addiction next week. So we, we, we already knew. Looks like it's going to be probably your last match seeing uh, Kazarian and Daniels tagging together for a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they they can't go through with that. They, they, they can't. Get, I mean, look, they're former champions. They're the they're the inaugural AEW tag champions, and giving them the belt no, they back. Weren't. Not, weren't didn't they win the first one? No, Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. Because oh, yeah, Daniels Scorpio got because Daniels got injured, either worked or otherwise. Ah, Freebird rules. They're all SCU. Yeah, well, um, sure that. So, but yeah, I mean, SCU proper, uh, an inaugural tag champ. So it's not out of the realm of possibility for them, but I find it highly unlikely. I think this is leading to what this storyline has been, you know, uh, pushing towards for a while. And that's splitting up Daniels and Kazarian. I don't know if my bold prediction is that they reform underneath uh, uh, Paige and Scorpio. This is just my like little, like, I think that's what we're, what we're low key heading towards. I think that's why they haven't explained Scorpio breaking off from SCU and just forming another tag team for no reason. Mm. So I think we're going to circle back to that. We'll see what happens, but I, I, I expect the, the Bucks to retain next week. Yeah. But anyway, it's uh, SCU pinned, uh, pinned Pillman, I think, right? It pinned Pillman, yeah. Pillman was kind of the – he was the star of the show. He got most of the shit, and he did a lot of the heavy lifting in this match. But they still have not – so I, I still think Griff Garrison, he has only taken one loss to, to MJF now, still. That's last time I remember him getting pinned. So, yeah. Uh, we then get a absolute fire uh, hype package for John Moxley versus Yuji Nagata next week. Uh, this yeah. this package well ruled. And and really by the way, well and by the way, they they there is a version a, a version of this on uh, NJPW World right now too. You it's, know what's it, funny? slightly it's... different, but it's there. What's really good about this segment is that it was made in such a way that it could be used to promote either on the American or Japanese side and be just as effective, uh, you know, aesthetically and, and, you know, with the language used and with the can, with the shots and with the, the way that they did everything. And then you had that wrapped into like a classic John Moxley standing in front of like a, a dimly lit set promo, which has been some of his best mic work over the last year plus. Yeah, I think this was a, a New Japan production because again, they they played this on NJPW World too, and you know, it's just totally production. Yeah, you know, just 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 the, the 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 fonts used, and of course, you know, the the subtitles in Japanese too. They, they, I think this definitely was uh, this was a, a New Japan production. Kudos uh, to whoever put it together. Yeah, it, it got me even more excited if that was possible next week. 
a big card and you know in no small part to uh, to this match yeah i think now this is interesting is that going to be the main event or is that going to open the show I would assume it's the main event, and you have the tag match open the show. But, well, I guess we'll see. Also, you know, there's going to be a lot of ramifications for the main event that we're about to get to. Uh, so we'll. I'm interested to see how the show is paced and booked next week because there's a lot of directions that can go. A lot of big stuff happening next week. Yeah, and uh, in fact, uh, one, of the, one of the things happening next week we're going to get to right now is uh, in front of the cage, Tony Schiavone and Kenny Omega cut a promo. Uh, where they announced that next week um, there will be an eliminator match to determine the uh, Kenny Omega's challenger at Double or Nothing, and it, the match is going to be Pac versus Orange Cassidy. And so this is, you know, a question we had about Adam Page losing to Brian Cage, and this is the answer to that question, right? It clears the rankings out for this match to happen to lead to uh, your your Double or Nothing uh, championship match. Yeah. Now. Of course, you know, Kenny Omega, like like every heel in AEW does, just brushes Orange Cassidy aside. But, you know, we, we all know how that works. Um, I will say this. Um, we love our Devin Platt under. We do, but we also love Pac. So, since we, we, all, love Pac. we are all about the El Triangulo de la Muerte. So, um, so but Jeff, since we're not going to be able to get together before this match happens, uh, quick predict who wins that match next week. I think they're setting it up for Orange Cassidy. I agree. Yeah, I think I think Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy. What eyes? In a in their first full capacity crowd, money, absolute money. I think yeah. it's a great decision. But but also, uh, Pac versus Orange Cassidy was the best match of uh, of Revolution 2020. No matter what all the the Meltzer heads say about that tag match, uh, Pac versus Orange Cassidy was the best match of that night. So it was the one I enjoyed the most for sure. Yeah, well, I thought that that tag match just went on too long, but, you know, I it was, was good. It, it was pretty long. But anyway, so uh, next week, Pac versus Orange Cassidy, winner gets Omega at uh, Double or Nothing. And then we get Miro coming out with, with a signed contract for Darby Allen next week on t- mm. for the TNT title as well. So can that be the main event? It could be, but because we have that IWGP and the tag team thing, I doubt it. Yeah, it, it, it's a stack. It's a stack. It's a stack show next week. Yeah, I think we're we're billing like a, a an injured or barely able to go Darby Allen having some problems with that match. Probably going to need Sting's help, and probably going to encounter Sky and Ethan Page again. So I'm very interested to see how that goes. I think Darby's keeping this belt, but it's going to be really interesting how they see him uh, wiggle his way out of this jam, if you will. Hmm. You you don't think Miro's gonna uh, could could take it here? Maybe, but that, to set up a big I, rematch I, at to set up yeah, a big rematch at Double or Nothing. Maybe, but I'm interested to see if they do a title change on this show that overshadows the Nagata Mox main event, regardless of that outcome. Okay, okay. Well, well, I guess we'll find out. I mean, I, again, I, I'm still fifty fifty on whether or not the IWGP US match is going to be the main or the opener because they've done that before too. You know, it to have a hot opener makes perfect sense. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're not wrong about that. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. But now, the moment you've all been waiting for the blood and guts main event match. Um. I, you know the the pinnacle coming out in all white. We all knew that. Oh yeah, somebody's 
Somebody, it turned out a lot of somebody's were going to bleed in this uh, match. Well, it turns out the match being called Blood and Guts is, in fact, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Who would have thought? <laughs> who would have guessed? Um, Santana and Ortiz in that Dead Presidents getup, though. That's how I knew shit was going to get real. When I saw the Dead Presidents makeup, I was like, okay, yeah, now we're in for it. Um, I mean, you can't really review a match like this. Because it, it, we, we knew going in, it was going to be a lot of brutality. There was going to be a lot of blood. We knew there were going to be a lot of crazy, ill-advised shit going on. But goddamn, was it worth it. Yeah, and the other thing that's you know can't be overshadowed here is the story that this match told. This was drama. This wasn't just wrestling. This match went far Far beyond a wrestling match for me. This was like a brawl, like a drag out, like a payoff to a to a long term angle on a television show. It's a season finale. It's it's something bigger than all that. And honestly, the wrestling itself mattered very little in this match to me. Yeah, it I was mean, th- th- yeah, this was even with emotion. Yeah, this was not a. Yeah, we were not going to get a technical masterpiece out of this match ever. But. The the execution in a lot of parts was very clean, especially on the part of Sammy Guevara. Holy shit, did he look good. Yeah, I think maybe that this match made Sammy more than anybody, honestly, with with some of the shit he did. Chris Jericho and the veterans surrounding these stables specifically are here for a purpose, and it's to elevate the next generation. And the inner circle... Like it exists to make those other guys around Chris Jericho matter more when Chris Jericho isn't doing this anymore, right? Um, One thing I got to give credit to Jericho is he does always look to the future of professional wrestling, and he knows he's not going to be in it forever. But he wants to leave his stamp and influence these guys because he wants. I mean, you know, selfishly and vainly on a wrestler's part, I'm sure he wants to be the guy that you know when these guys are you know making their speeches about their Hall of Fame careers 20 years later, they say, "Well, I got to thank Chris Jericho for putting me on this path." Right, But to Jericho's credit, he's good at doing this. He's been successful, and this match was incredibly successful at that. Um, even Jake Hager like, like did some of the best work I've seen him do since he got to AEW. Well, uh, again, because we weren't expecting a, you know, a technical masterpiece out of this. And yet, we, we all know about Chris Irvine and, 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 and his issues. Um, I, I, but credit to Chris Jericho, uh, he, he does business. Yeah. He, he, he does, does business. This match was all business. This match was all business. The... Uh, uh, Ortiz going between the the apron and the cage, that spot, absolutely brutal. Uh, Sean Spears hanging up into the scaffolding, that one really stuck oh, out yeah. to me. There yeah, was just, yeah, like, there was when, 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 oh, when, and of course, like, when you can't even, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I would say, when you, you can't even criticize Sean Spears, you know, this was, you know, it did its job. You know? Well, I was just about to say, this was the most interesting I've seen Sean Spears. Um, not only, like, his work, like, with the offensive stuff, but him taking that coast-to-coast chair shot from Guevara. Holy oh, my shit. God. Yeah. I was going to mention that. Like, yelp out loud. Like, that was really probably, for me, like, the biggest, like, oh, oh, damn. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, Tully, we, we, you know, we, we wonder if Tully was going to bleed in this because he was yeah, wearing really. the all-white suit. We're like, oh, yeah. We, we are. I mean, it could have been anybody, but there was a lot. Uh, yeah, FTR definitely got. got oh, God. Up. Yeah, yeah. Cash Wheeler. Holy shit. And, he, you know, it's it's hard to not just, like, gush about how good Cash, Cash Wheeler is every time he's in a match or anything like this because he just always shines. But, man, like, his especially, like, coming right out of the gate when he first entered uh, the cage for his spot, he was just violent. He was just immediately super aggressive, and then it really stood out. 
Um, and then, yeah, he did a lot of the heavy lifting physically and, uh, you know, had to take a lot of damage uh, to get the point across here. But, man, he's a trooper. Yeah, and well, I mean, you know, Dax Harwood. I mean, he he was he was gushing within the first three minutes of the match too. You know, and Harwood's a pro's pro too, and he's been getting a lot of praise uh, from all around wrestling and from other promotions as well. Um, there's been a lot of talk about him being, you know, influenced a lot by Bailey and Britt Baker, and they in turn talking about how good Dax is, and that's really good company when you have, you know, uh, people like Bailey, who's, you know, one of the biggest stars in women's wrestling and who's done just incredible work over the last couple of years, uh, and then, you know, the aforementioned Britt Baker, uh, you know, we've, we've already said enough about her today and how great she's done. Yeah, now, of course, the ending comes uh, when both MJF and Chris Jericho go to the top of the cage. I thought we were going to do like a Hell in a Cell thing. You know, somebody was going to go through what? the cage. But that's not what happened. Uh, we we got dueling submission finishes. Um, MJF threatens to throw Chris Jericho off the top of the cage, which prompts Sammy to, to, to give up, to, to surrender. And then, of course, which I thought was a shitty ending, but then... MJ, but then they redeemed it by MJF throwing him off the top of the cage anyway. Yeah, well, as soon as the surrender spot was happening, I knew Chris was going off either way. I'll be real with you. Like, there oh, was, yeah, I but knew still. It, it, you know, Chekhov's cage. Uh, he was going off this thing. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, at first I did have mixed emotions about it. Yeah, it's, it was, as it started happening, I was like, hmm, are they really going to do the surrender thing? But it does uh, uh, interestingly parallel to, you know, uh, MJF and Cody Rhodes's uh, uh, throwing in the towel stuff. Right. Uh, so I think, that, I think that it has an interesting parallel to that. And AEW likes to do that. They like to subtly nod to previous storylines that are, like, loosely connected to things um, and kind of keep a canon going like that, which I think is cool. Um, and it does build some interesting tension with the inner circle. How is Chris going to react? Is he going to say, you know, Sammy, thank you for, you know, looking out for me? Is he going to say, like, don't be a bitch, like, we have to fight? Yeah. Now, of course, you know, MJF had a crimson mask of his own, which, you know, hey, a uh, guy who used to work CZW. Yeah, I think he's these last like 10 minutes of this match from the top of the cage, I think, is everything you need to know about why people think MJF is going to be a megastar in the wrestling business. He showed every bit of why he is so highly touted in this one. Like he the way he milked a moment. Like that, I, I got to say, like that moment when he slowly turned back around when he realized that he could uh, throw Jericho off the top, he got every fucking second that thing was worth, man. It was beautiful. And he found he knew where all the cameras were. Um, he got some incredible shots, like just the energy was there. He was unbelievably confident. Uh, it, it was, a, I mean, we've talked about MJF having coming out parties before, but he continues to raise his profile and uh, he's looking like a top guy already, dude. Yeah, he is going to be the an AEW World Champion at some point. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Who, probably take it off of Adam Page, but you know, the, the, I th AEW was really on display here. And the next generation, like if this is going to be a long term viable wrestling property, uh, the people who are going to carry it are going to be MJF. They're going to be Jungle Boy. They're going to be Darby Allen. They're going to be Britt Baker. Uh, they're going to be the Griff Garrisons and the Max Casters and the Brian Pillmans. These are the guys. They're in their mid-20s. They're getting better, and uh, AEW's doing a great job making sure we know who they are so when the time's right, uh, the crowd will be there for them. Yeah, so uh, so the, the Pinnacle win the Blood and Guts match. Is this the end of the Inner Circle? No, absolutely not. And is it – well, I mean, we, we, we predicted before that they were dead, and then they, they weren't. Is this exactly the, is this the end? Is this the end? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, they seem to just not die, so I'm not going to predict their end anymore. <laughs> is this the end of the feud? 
the end of it in this form, I would say. I think we're we're on. I think it's epilogue at this point. Okay. Yeah. And again, I mean, it is the right call. I mean, Jericho should not be winning this feud. You know. No. No. And that wasn't the point for for Jer- and that's and this was the right thing. And Jericho obviously did the biggest favor. He took the biggest bump of the night and uh, sold it incredibly well. So yeah. I mean, the although this although we compelling. do. We, Although we did find the, we did see the crash pad underneath, so that kind of took it oh, away yeah. from it a little the, bit. The, the metal diamond plate was obviously plywood, but it's fine. Yeah, but, um, yeah, and with that, that ends the this special blood and guts edition of AEW Dynamite. Yeah, it's a quick show, but you know, Paul's got oysters to eat, and uh, you know, it, there I mean, are and there are crawdads that have not been consumed in this fine, fine city, and I. Jeffrey and I'm a mission for you. I need some uh, some blood and some guts uh, of a crawfish, just like all of. I need to suck some juices out of the exoskeleton head. But uh, I, I will note that on Friday, as we record this, uh, there was a fantastic match that was a prelude to a certain match that's going to be on AEW Dynamite uh, this coming Wednesday um, on uh, the NJPW Strong Friday night uh, LA Dojo TV show. Uh, we had John Moxley and uh, the Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson already in, in two other units <laughs> working, well, with John, mean, working with so John Moxley. The, the thing is, Jeff, Chris Dickinson himself is an absolute unit. Well, that much is true. Um Going up against uh, uh, Yuji Nagata and Ren Narita. And actually, it was a very inspired choice to have Dickinson in this match because there is already a storyline between Ren Narita and uh, and Chris Dickinson on NJPW Strong. So I, I thought that was a very inspired choice. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this match rules. You should see it. <laughs> I will have to check it out when I am uh, soaking my feet when I get home uh, and on blister control just in front of my computer. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was a fan. Yeah, that that was a, a great, another good uh, TV tag match with John Moxley in it. You know, another another fun wrinkle about my mugging story. Um, I had just been coming back from a CBD enhanced manicure and pedicure. So like they any petty you, and then they rub you down in like CBD creams on your hands and feet and stuff. And I gotta tell you, I was way too relaxed and vibing far too hard for the situation that was at hand. But um, I think the art of self-care led to me being able to preserve my own safety. Uh, so, folks, self-care, it's important. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can find me on Twitter, at TV, where you'll see a bunch of pictures of stuff that I ate this week if you're into uh, the food scene. So some very the- some very bougie food, I might, I might add. I- a little bit. I did a little bit of fine dining. You always do like, you know, I, I try to do like one fine dining experience if I can. And then the rest of it, I'm just like getting po' boys or whatever. Uh, well, that was, yeah, that, yeah, that pheasant was not a po' boy or quail or whale. whatever. Right. Quail, I'm sorry. I was getting was too confused. Not, that one wasn't a po' boy. Yeah, I know. I did. I did. Uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to attend Commander's Palace uh, with some family. And uh, we had an absolutely incredible dinner. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to see some stuff like that and talk to me about food, I'm always happy to do that. And various sandwiches, um, uh, twitch.tv slash Thick Flare. And that's what I have going on right now. All right. Well, oh, this uh, it, podcast, uh, BGTD podcast on Twitter, where I'll start posting again when I get home. Yeah, I, I decided I wasn't going to post on, on the oh, well. I guess You know what? Because you, know, you, you do such a good job of it. And everybody uh, could tell it, it was not. Everybody would tell it was a different voice. So, you know, that's the point. We're, but but our voices are collaborative. We're in this together, sir. <laughs> 
Uh, you can find me at Strong Style. Sorry, without the E in style on Twitter, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel. Uh, football is depressing right now, so no busting balls this <laughs> week. Um, we may have to do a, a Strong Style story soon because you know we Chris and I got some things we need to discuss about you know COVID, COVID, and other things. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but, uh, um, if you can, I would, I, I, I you know what, I, I, I can't actually advise it because I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to try to actually watch, uh, Dragon Gate's, uh, Dead or Alive, which feature another cage match on Wednesday. So oh. Wednesday was a day of many cage matches. It's out. So, well, um, you weren't, you, you weren't locked in with them. They're locked in with you. What, what's the Rorschach line? Uh, that's yeah, just, that, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Yeah. Which I did think about when I saw the inner circle wearing their little fake prison suits. Yeah. You know, like that's absolutely something that like, cause Chris Jericho is definitely a guy who saw Zack Snyder's Watchmen and thinks Rorschach is the hero. You know, I'll tell you what, um, I, uh, I, I just, uh, I, twice this week I have spent money, uh, for, to buy signed hardcover Alan Moore books, uh, from England, so, nice. uh, one of which, uh, I should be receiving shortly. The other one I won't be able, I won't be getting until next year because it's not out yet because Alan, it was announced this week. Alan Moore signed a five book deal with Bloomsbury ah, for, for, for prose books. And the, along with that is a short story collection, which I just dropped some money for to get a signed hardcover copy of when it comes out next year. So nice. Nice. The so Alan Moore factor has logged down. We do that's love right. Alan Moore, though. So, yeah, um, yeah uh, Alan Moore planning a five-volume fantasy uh, series starting in 2024. So, And that's a different podcast. Stay tuned. That, that is a different podcast <laughs> entirely. So. Paul, be safe, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't, don't take any more unnecessary risks, man. I mean, uh, I try to make every risk I take as necessary as possible. And, Jeff... The pursuit of oysters, be they grilled or fried, I think is worth all risks. When are you, when are you gonna be ba- when are you gonna be uh, back home? Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night, I will be back in North Georgia. Oh, so when you oh, so you're leaving uh, leaving tomorrow then? I'm I'm out of here tomorrow, so I'm gonna enjoy the rest of my last day here. And yeah, yeah. Same time, regular time next week for all of your dear listeners. But you know that I couldn't miss talking about this show with you with these circumstances. So I made sure to uh, be just sober enough to do it, but I plan on wrecking all that too, as soon as we hang up. Well, you go ahead and do that. Uh, until (laughs) Until then, we'll see you next week.